0: Okay, welcome to the Film Hole Podcast. I'm Trevor. And I'm Raul. I'm a filmmaker.
1: And I'm a scientist.
0: Every week we watch a movie. And then we talk about it. You were talking about uh, Midsummer earlier.
1: Yeah, yeah. So do you remember the, uh, the when they first get there, like the very first thing they do? is take shrooms like in that field. Uh huh. And the main character was very hesitant to do that because of emotional troubles. And then that mm-hmm. annoying friend, that like redhead guy, was like, No dude, we gotta have our trips lined up. It was like a huge point <laughs> of a contention for him. Right. He's like there's right. no-. she she was like, maybe I'll do it later. He's like, No. You no. have to do it now. I do
0: remember that. That movie was crazy.
1: Yeah, I love that movie.
0: Did you see uh, Hereditary?
1: No, no, but I want to now.
0: Yeah, same guy. So, also very good. Very scary, like way scarier than Midsommar. Like uh-huh. we'll give you night we'll give you nightmares kind of scary.
1: Oh yeah, like proper uh horror movie. Midsommar was like kind of a genre bending kind of thing.
0: Yeah, there's some comedy in there. I remember Like uh, some press that I either listened to or read like beforehand was like, it's the funniest like movie I've seen in a while. And like, I didn't really understand that because I was under the impression it was a horror movie.
1: That was the press from it. Funniest movie of 2018.
0: Some of it. I imagine it was some kind of like edgy hipster that like wrote that. It was like, oh, man, like it's not a horror movie. Obviously, you idiots. Let's just get this thing started. All right, I feel like I'm in the, the proper state of mind to get this going. Sure, sure. Welcome to the Trevin Raul talk about movies about the apocalypse and try to figure out original names for podcast. the podcast because because a pod a podcalypse is already taken.
1: Oh, dude, what it's about podcast? And we both smoke pot. That's definitely not that taken.
0: exists. That exists. There's no the way. whole premise exists. I'm sure there's like 50 podcasts that are just that all thought, all thinking they were the first podcast.
1: All of them Doug Benson sequentially <laughs> continuously creating new podcasts and naming them the same thing.
0: A little bit of introductions maybe? Okay, sure. sure. Maybe.
1: Who who we are. Um so I am Raul Flores. Um I am I like to think of myself at least as the former roommate of the great Trevor Maori, um, and who is Trevor Maori? You ask. I can tell you, he's the man, the legend, filmographer, podcaster, a savant, really. But I, 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 I can't, I can't really say any better than Trevor himself. So why don't you tell us who you are, Trevor?
0: uh yeah yeah so that's so crazy that you say that man because I think of myself as the former roommate of the great Raul Flores oh but, wow uh, wow that's that's so crazy that you think uh equally good things about yeah, me yeah that I think that I think about you that's high oh, praise but but yeah I mean as far as who I am for real I am Trevor Mowry I am at one point in my life I was a filmmaker. I mostly do commercial and documentary stuff now. I'm a motion graphics designer by day, a regular designer by night. Uh, And I'm interested in making podcasts about movies because movies is another thing that I love.
1: Right, right. And then the other theme of this podcast is obviously um, in the context of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Right. Which is very uh, topical, very topical. It's keeping everybody indoors. And what better thing to do, you know, than watch movies. Right. So we figured we would do that. um, Talk about it. Pass the time.
0: I'm sure many podcasts are being made right now. Actually, a lot of digital medium art is like coming out right now. It's like a, like at the amateur level, like you and I, or just in general. I think just in general, man. It's like people are like at oh yeah yeah at their computers all day now, and like if artists are gonna do their thing, like you're gonna get a surge of art. Anyways, <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely, and I and podcasts are uniquely positioned to you know people can immediately put a podcast out, mm-hmm. you know, a day or two after. Mm -hmm. an event so i've already seen several podcasts pop up of people making podcasts specifically about staying at home and coronavirus and just talking about it yeah um kamel nanjiani Mm -hmm. silicon valley yeah right Uh he did one with his he's doing one right now with his wife and they're just you know shooting the shit at home yeah so it's a thing
0: yeah it sounds like a thing all right so the uh, right the theme of this podcast is not only watching movies during the apocalypse, but sometimes movies about the apocalypse—sort of a double, yeah, yeah, double hit of our brand there. Right, right, and you know, some people you
1: might think wouldn't be as interested in watching bleak movies that reflect the times that we live in right now. But let me tell Other you, people, not, we're not—we're not
0: most people.
1: <laughs> we're not like those people. No, we're, no we're way. Pathologic, in a way. <laughs> No, but that's the basic premise i mean we're watching movies um most of them or maybe just some of them will have uh some kind of apocalypse um dystopian kind of vibe of course maybe some won't we'll see but i mean that i think that brings us to
0: right this week's film the first one yeah this week's film um we don't we haven't really decided if it's going to be a weekly thing or not. Seems like maybe a good unit. Yeah, I just with.
1: found out I'm doing this every week. <laughs> it's like a big commitment, I don't know. Yeah.
0: It's a good commitment I though. I got a lot of chores to do. Man, yeah, it's a good one. I like I feel so proud of myself over the last couple of weeks because of the amount of movies that I've watched. I uh really find it hard like throughout the week to actually sit down and like watch a movie like it, in some ways i feel like the ability to enjoy movies is kind of like dying among people cuz like tv is just easier you know you get the same experience mm,
1: yeah um a lot of people do this very passive kind of viewing and i i know i do this as well well i pretty much just have media going on all day and i'm barely looking at it or i'm only passively listening mhm but The experience of sitting down and like really immersing yourself in a movie is something that um, I don't do as often anymore. Right.
0: And I, I don't do it as often because, frankly, it's just like hard. It's like hard to like pay attention and sit still for that long when I've got so much like work to do all the time. And so being forced into a situation where I have to stay home all day has really opened the door to like actually give movies a proper try, like on a regular basis. And I feel a lot more true to the consumption of that art form that I have in a while, where it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm a movie watcher. Like, I'm not just, like, watching 45-minute shows, like, at night, you know?
1: That's great. That's great. Uh, what kind of movies have you been watching in the last few weeks?
0: Uh, I watched uh, Half Nelson.
1: I love that movie. Yeah.
0: Did I not tell you that, that I watched Half Nelson?
1: No, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I watched that like Ryan Gosling like when what's his name? When he was, Ryan Gosling. When he was like cool like before he was like Ryan Gosling cool, you know, he's just like a normal like a normal guy in a movie.
1: Was that before he made like a big break or something? I don't remember. But in any case, it, it is indie Ryan
0: Gosling at his best.
1: Um yeah. if you like that movie, you should also watch um Oh man, what's the one, Lars and the Real Girl?
0: Lars and the Real
1: Girl? Have you seen that? That's Ryan Gosling. He plays like a socially withdrawn and inept person who orders a sex doll uh, through
0: the internet. So (laughs) uh, yesterday we uh, went with our first movie and the idea is that we're going to watch a movie that's maybe a little bit about the apocalypse, are just movies that Raúl and I like to watch because we both enjoy each other's taste in movies. So the idea is that we watch whatever that type of movie is for that week, and then we uh, record ourselves talking about it for a little bit. And so yesterday was our first uh, viewing in that arena, and it was Ten Cloverfield Lane. So for those of you who don't, mm-hmm. for those of you who mm-hmm. don't know. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is the star of this movie alongside John Goodman and some fucking other guy. Uh, and they're... <laughs> Man, that's like his actual name on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> fucking other guy. <laughs> uh. So these... These three. Uh, but
1: yeah, this is like the, uh, the second installment. I, I don't even want to call it an installment, but in the sort of Cloverfield franchise. Well, remember. Which started with.
0: Yeah, you're right. But like, remember, uh, yeah. at the time, that was a big question. And it was kind of the same thing when like this most recent movie came out, where it was like 10 Cloverfield Lane. Is that affiliated with like the original Cloverfield? Was like the question, and people. Yeah, they played it really coy when they advertised this thing, and people were like, "No, no, not really. Like, it's different movie, and it's like totally fucking related." And that's like all
1: it is, but it really helps. The movie would not play as well um, if you went into it knowing that it was in the Cloverfield universe, Um, because as we'll get into it, sort of the biggest tension in the movie is about you know whether or not there's. Really, an apocalypse outside of this right, bunker, right, right right we don't actually so, know that so
0: without spoiling this movie raul how would you, how would you summarize uh the main plot points here
1: um without spoiling I mean, I would say that the movie you know uh, as you get into it starts out as just like a very generic um like kidnap thriller um there's a woman played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Who is in a car accident after having a dispute with her partner? Um, she then <laughs> wakes up after this car accident. Complete throwaway. In a horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Bradley Cooper, you said.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Bradley Cooper. Boyfriend played by Bradley Cooper. Voiced, voiced by Bradley. Cooper. No screen time at all. Yeah. <laughs> no
1: screen time. Um, but then proceeds to wake up inside of a concrete bunker room with no furniture, chained to the wall. Right. Scary. And that's kind of where we start out with. So right away you're in this frame of mind <laughs> of like this woman's been kidnapped by some psycho and he's going to kill her or violate her or do something really bad.
0: Right. Right. Scary stuff. And we don't really know Yeah, scary stuff. And and the the whole uh, as you mentioned earlier tension of the movie comes from this guy kidnapped her in quotes but he's also saying that he did it because the world is ending outside, outside his bunker, and that the air is toxic and you can't go out there. And so the whole movie, it's kind of this back and forth of like he seems pretty crazy, but also like is the world actually ending outside? Because my perspective in here is very limited, and he tells me that I'll die if I go outside. So you're kind of with, right? You're, right. you're kind of with the main character. The whole time where you're not really quite sure like what's really going on, uh, and that's part of the f- definitely part of the fun of what's what this movie's all about.
1: And then maybe we should just I mean I don't know should we just spoil the thing like from the beginning so we can talk about these scenes in the context of what is actually going on outside. Yeah,
0: yeah. Pod- this is a th- like this is a this is a common podcast thing, right? Where they're like. <laughs> This is the the spoiler um, time code. It's like if if you're not ready for spoilers, like this is what YouTubers say too. Of like if you're not ready for spoilers, what are you even doing watching this video or like what are you even doing listening to this podcast? Get out of here. <laughs> Click and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. S- skip to this time code if you're not interested. It's just like a
1: or what is it? Cinema Sense. It's always like spoilers. Duh.
0: Right there's a real like internet etiquette to spoilers which who knew that would that would ever be a thing
1: yeah because it, it kind of makes sense because like um at least for movie movie reviews there are some movie reviews that do not spoil the plot these are like more traditional think of like movie reviews that are you know were written in print media uh-huh where they just talk about it and in, uh, in abstractions and generalities right and say like the acting was good and the pacing was this right And then there's, like, the newer kind of format where this, like, some idiot stands in front of the camera and just tells you the entire plot for 20 minutes and then asks you to like and subscribe. So we are those idiots.
0: Yeah. I mean, I watch that content. I admit. You do? Sometimes. Depends on the movie.
1: For stuff you've already seen?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's opinion stuff, you know? It's not just, like, people explaining the movie to me. It's, like, people, like, talking about, like, their thoughts because they're, like, a personality that I care about or whatever.
1: Okay, we need to exchange YouTube channels because, like, the bad stuff that I've seen is just regurgitation of plot points. Okay. And I'm like, who is this for?
0: Yeah, people who don't want to
1: watch the movie. Oh, Anyways, uh, we're we're getting off track here. So, (laughs) spoiler alert, there's aliens. Right. There's aliens the whole time. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, like... You should really quickly, like, to summarize, like, kind of the shock of this movie is tell the story of, like, the first time that you and I saw this movie and, like, what happened at the end.
1: Yeah, yes. Yeah. So we should say that we, both Trevor and I actually watched this movie in theaters when it came out um, a long time ago. 2016. Uh, And we were at this, 2016, yeah, and we were at this really small theater and probably about 90% of the movie is pretty ambiguous about whether the aliens actually exist or not, whether we're in an actual apocalypse scenario or not. Mm-hmm. And then the last 15 minutes, there's a huge, like a giant alien spaceship shows up and an alien monster <laughs> appears on the screen. <laughs> yeah. And the protagonist has to fight and kill the spaceship. Right. <laughs> and. This this all happens very suddenly and out of nowhere. Right. And then when that happened this like very old lady in the crowd was just like, "Wow, I was not expecting that." <laughs> was she alone? I can't imagine that somebody <laughs> that old would go to a movie alone.
0: Yeah. It was just like <laughs> really like great timing by the old by the old woman. Really great comedic timing.
1: Yeah. And said what we were all thinking. I was also like, <laughs> right. "What in the world?" <laughs> right.
0: Well, I wasn't expecting that.
1: <laughs> I really wasn't. Just like I was all in on the camp speak of that this was just a crazy person and that there, there was no real apocalypse. Uh-huh. For pretty much the whole movie. And we can go through like scene by scene, but I think every single scene leaves a little bit of ambiguity as to whether, you know, about what's really going on.
0: Right. Right, totally. Yeah. Uh
1: So anyway, so that's that's a spoiler. There really are aliens in this movie. Aliens the whole time
0: yeah aliens it, the whole time half of that is that um John Goodman is also like not not crazy you know like he he is still like legitimately yes nuts and like he legitimately like has this weird obsession with Mary Elizabeth Winstead and uh definitely kidnapped her and like also murdered someone apparently and so the movie like gives you like this uh (laughs) like you think that's the twist okay he was crazy and then it like does a a double dose on you like with the twist because there is also aliens so it just makes this movie feel really stuffed stuffed of stuff
1: right right and and we should describe who you know john goodman's character is like he's the guy he's basically like a conservative dooms prepper kind of dude right. who ha- he has this really intricate bunker with ventilation systems and food stockpiles and plumbing mm-hmm. all this stuff that you would need because this guy has just been you know presumably for decades hunkering down ready for it to happen right you know he's one of these kind of people right and um, so he, he's not a cool dude to hang out with
0: but like man on something that I love about this movie that uh, I think is so funny. you know I, I've I don't know if you've been on like the internet and like seen like these real life bunkers yeah dude for sure these real life bunkers that people build they're definitely like a bunker. It's definitely like an industrial sort of room, but people sometimes go to some effort to decorate them in some way whether it's like fucking like camo curtains or uh <laughs> you know certain types of chairs, whatever. People want to make him feel homey because you got to spend some time there. But I've never seen a bunker in any of those videos decorated more immaculately than John Goodman's bunker is in this movie. It like, I know. It looks like a fucking video game. <laughs> like everything is just like meticulously designed.
1: It makes me think he would, like must have been living there like the entire time. Because at the time that the movie takes place, like after the woman regains consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess she's only been there for a day or two, uh-huh, but that place looked like really lived in, so I kind of think he was just hanging out there well,
0: yeah, I mean, it did feel lived in, and the way I interpret that is like it's designed to look lived in but not actually lived in, so it's like someone I like the th- the thought more of like John Goodman's character being this closeted like really intense interior decorator where it's. <laughs> where it's like you gotta like you gotta make sure that that it looks like there's daylight coming out from the windows because that's like good for uh like morale and like making you feel good in the morning or just like you gotta have a space that feels like home because like psychologically like that'll help you like last longer you know what i mean
1: yeah 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 like he thought that through right what do you think his real house looks like just a fucking dump (laughs) 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 he puts all his interior decorating energy into the bunker yeah okay anyways
0: the main chunk of this movie is the process of john goodman mary elizabeth winstead and some other fucking guy living in this bunker for what i believe are like months right yeah and so i actually well
1: yeah indeterminate amount of time
0: yeah a not short period of time part of Another thing that I like about this movie is you said in the beginning that this reads kind of like a standard like kind of murder thriller kidnapping movie but it's also like a sci-fi movie and something else somewhere in between and what I mean by that is this most of this movie is like them just like adjusting to like domestic life in <laughs> in like a bunker and like what that would realistically be like it's like oh man like we're missing we're missing pieces of this puzzle. Yeah, yeah. And and you so you mentioned like
1: I think your point is that this movie is a lot of different things. Uh-huh. All rolled into one. Uh-huh. It is no doubt a thriller. It's a sci fi movie at the end. Yep. But I think like it's it's not more than one thing at one time. The beginning of the movie is like pretty solidly like in the thriller. Um I'm thinking like hostile comes to mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. Early 2000s. Where,
1: where it's just it's just violence. It's just right. like you expect gore to happen and I honestly and then it kind of like I
0: don't remember it being that intense but you're you're so right oh yeah yeah like the first Um, time I saw it I meant like I don't remember the movie reading that hard
1: I was very tense when I first saw it Mm. and like when John Goodman says his first lines Mm -hmm. um, and of course you don't know that the apocalypse has happened Uh uh-huh it makes you feel a lot of dread because she's like um, oh I need to go to the hospital like I'm hurt from the car wreck Uh uh-huh and he says like what like you can't leave you can't leave right which of course sounds like kidnapping if that's what the headspace you're in right. but from his perspective obviously he's trying to kind of not put too much on her too quickly you know right like it goes into that thriller mode and then it kind of turns into a um after they like understand that they have to live with one another mhm um, and that John Goodman is a very volatile person it kind of like feels like a movie about a dysfunctional family
0: yes exactly
1: and then there's like that weird montage scene where they're all having fun
0: right yeah yeah, yeah. they're playing like charades and stuff at the end of that which it uses as like a transitional like device to get back into like thriller mode yes like the the like hijinks of what would be otherwise really funny in a charade scene. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, man. It, it, there's no way it's not written to be like uh, funny on purpose. Like the whole Santa Claus thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like someone had to like,
1: I see what you are doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So they're playing this charades game. I'm saying this for the the viewers or the listeners here. <laughs> uh, That they're playing this, like, guess the word or whatever without, like, saying the word or doing any actions or whatever kind of game. And got to understand that some fucking other guy and Mary Elizabeth Winstead are uh, on edge still with this guy because they're still not sure what's up with him. So things can be misinterpreted all the time, right? Uh, Because they're paranoid as fuck. And mm-hmm. he his word, John Goodman's got this word, and he's got to make him guess the word, and it's fucking Santa Claus. And so he uses the most cryptic language like I've ever heard to describe or in tone, most cryptic tone to describe like Santa Claus ever that like is still uh, ambiguously not Santa Claus.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like verbal charades. It's mm-hmm. instead of acting out what you are, you have to say what it is.
0: Is that charades? Charades, I think, is like when you use an action, actions to describe things.
1: Right, right. But in that moment when it's his turn to play, the camera zooms in, the intense music starts coming on, he looks very serious and mad. Uh-huh. And then he just starts saying, like, he I know what you're doing. Right. I I know what you're up to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Well, and they, it should be said they are up to like, uh, some fucking other guy. S-F-O-G. <laughs> S-F-O-G. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, M-E-W-M-U.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if
0: only we knew the characters' names. So. Right. <laughs> Those two people... Are up to something. They're building a bio, uh, like a hazmat suit, without the express permission of John Goodman because they're trying to escape.
1: Right, and I actually, I want to get into this. the The whole justification for them trying to escape, I feel, is like so ill-conceived.
0: It's a uh, you're talking about the murder, right? The real murder.
1: Yeah, talking about the murder. Uh-huh. So let me just fast forward to the beginning of the movie. So, she gets into the bunker after a car wreck. She's been told that the world has ended, that there's an apocalypse and everybody's dead. She comes to slowly kind of take this as fact. She meets you know a fucking other guy. Slowly, John Goodman becomes more and more volatile and violent tempered. Uh-huh. And then things go good, right? This is then the the happy montage where it seems like they can actually pull together and live as a unit. Mm -hmm. And so that's going well. And then out of nowhere, she finds like this evidence of murder. Right. And pieces it together. And then that is like the whole justification for them having to break out of this place.
0: Right. Like all his like crazy stuff was forgiven until they find this other evidence. And I think I said last night in our group chat that like, that this is like the result of like them testing it with audiences and the audience being like oh we didn't really like think the john goodman character was evil enough for them to justify like escaping and they're like all right let's like really in the last act of the the movie as- really establish him as a bad guy we have to <laughs> <laughs> right right cuz i you know i don't think he's that bad no i mean he's weird he's a grumpy guy he's, but he's weird for sure and has like a really uh Uh, inappropriate way of trying to help people Let, let me just dwell on this murder thing just a tiny bit longer there's such a fucking switch that's like visually and like from a dialogue perspective when he kills some fucking other guy um oh because like he turns into like a real like classic kind of psycho movie villain uh like he's got like ice cream and he's like talking all soft So it's like when they go full nuts in the third act, like when you see um, Norman Bates in his mother's like dress and stuff, that's like akin to what I'm talking about. But it seems like so out of place because the movie didn't really build him up as that. It was just like kind of rushed in there at the end that he's like a total crazy dude. I I have
1: a slightly different take on it. I think the murder kind of makes sense given what like John Goodman thought was going on. Uh Uh-huh. John Goodman is like this life and death doomsday prepper. Like, the stakes for him are always like extinction and life. So, when he like finds out that these people are up to something, essentially, you know, going behind his back, he like automatically goes into a mode of like, where if I can't trust these, this person anymore, these people, mm-hmm. that like their lives here are incompatible with mine. So, like, uh huh. The murder is the only choice at that point. Yeah. Like, do you remember the scene from. Have you seen uh, war of the worlds with Tom Cruise
0: a long time ago? Yeah.
1: Long time ago. I mean, so there was a scene in that movie where, you know, he hunkers down with another like basement doomsday prepper, conspiracy theorist kind of guy and, and ends up having to kill him. Right. Because he was like making noise and that was the difference between like life and death. Uh So I guess if you're in that circumstance, I think you'll go to murder pretty quickly. You're very risk averse, I guess. I suppose so. Yeah.
0: If you're that Yeah, you're, so after he killed that guy, I was still a
1: little bit like, "Oh no, what a misunderstanding," but I can see what happened.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's talk about that barrel of acid. Craziest thing. I love uh like your reaction to it. It's like, "What a way to settle this." <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look it up in the transcript. <laughs> Should be noted that Raúl and I, when we watched this, we were on a group chat, and we took the transcript from our conversation in there. Yeah. So okay. do you want to
1: set up the scene?
0: Yeah. So I think there's like suspicion of John, like John Goodman has suspicion that someone is up to something, and he like doesn't know who it is, or something like that. And so he brings them, uh, brings the two kids into the barrel room like the ominous barrel room of which he like un, uh, uncorks one of those bad boys and says like this is breaking bad level acid and you guys better tell me what's going on or I'm going to fucking put, put one of you in here <laughs> while you're still breathing.
1: Oh, you know what it was? Huh. When he brought them in there, he had like some stuff of theirs that they had like snuck around. Uh-huh. And so at first he was just like throwing like random objects into the acid. Right. Do you remember that? Yes. And so like ostensibly that was just how he discards objects that he doesn't like. Uh. I'm like, this guy just goes to the acid yeah. way too easily. Yeah. Because so essentially he's found out that the two other people have been sneaking around and collecting objects and resources for their eventual escape. Mm-hmm. And so he brings them down takes this vat of acid out and starts basically, you know, threatening them to tell them what they've done. Mm-hmm. So at this point they're basically like fucked, right? Both of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then the guy in you know, a truly heroic moment, you know, comes out and says like, Oh, you know, John, that was all me. Um, what was his excuse? He's like, I wanted her to treat me like how, like respect me, how she respects you or something.
0: Yeah. Something weird like that. Something dumb. I'm like, what the hell? He's trying to appeal to like the crazy values of John Goodman's character.
1: Right, right. And then John proceeds to, in in a very cutting scene, shoot the guy. Just point blank range, just murders him. Right. In like one of the most impactful murder slash deaths um, that I can think of.
0: Yeah. Pretty metal for sure. Not for young audiences. yeah. yeah. But the f- <laughs> the fucking acid, man, you wrote in the transcript, you are like, what a ludicrous way of dealing with this, like, minor, like, dispute among what are essentially his children. A bucket of acid. S- and then you spelled uh, Jesus with two U's. Jusus.
1: Jesus.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Really, though, why does he have that? I don't know man like I think maybe That that's like a disposal System for him like you said he was throwing Objects in it. I don't know how the properties of Acid work so like I don't know How long can you just like keep acid In a barrel and it'll keep dissolving Stuff because like I could see just like Yeah if I've got like some waste or something Or like Like a human body I need to get rid of Because one of them dies because of Illness and I need to get rid of the body Like can I just put it in the acid so like that's where my mind went when it's like, why does he have this acid? But I don't know. I don't know if acid yeah. if Acid works like that.
1: I mean, not in real life. I mean, usually like, yeah, it's like about dissolving bodies, but then usually you have to like get rid of the acid. Acid is only single use. Once you've dissolved the body in the acid, you're, you probably don't want to keep the acid around anymore. Interesting. What else you could use it for? I don't know.
0: You probably have a better understanding of like what's even happening like with acid than I do
1: yeah yeah i mean like, i work i I've, I've worked with acids before
0: on a molecular le- on a molecular level
1: on the molecular level mm-hmm. yeah
0: so what is happening? what's happening with acid
1: i mean it's just attack i mean just the way that acid or interacts with organic stuff it just attacks it and destroys the proteins and inorganic tissue and it'll just kind of melt away uh-huh. and go into solution okay. That's... But it doesn't like affect everything like it does in the cartoons.
0: Yeah, I was going that was kind of going to be my next question. I just watched Alien like a few nights ago and you remember how like yeah. the alien's blood is this like super powerful acid, where it's like burning through the ship. Yeah. So like no acid on earth like is representative of that.
1: No, no. Okay.
0: That's interesting. Not at all. So if someone had acid that powerful, like would it be like a big deal? would be like holy cow
1: like a, a real life acid with the properties of like movie acid right oh yeah that'd be a big deal
0: wow they'd be like we can melt tanks with this we don't even like fight with tanks anymore <laughs> just like can shoot shoot it at drones
1: the listeners are probably wondering why I know so much about acid at this point
0: yeah why do you know so much about acid?
1: <laughs> it's because I cook meth I, I make <laughs> meth in my basement I just have a lot of experience with vats of acid.
0: And stop, and stop, like intentionally incriminating yourself for a laugh. <sniffs> Raul is a very smart guy. He's a chemical engineer. He uh, does machine learning now, but I believe mm-hmm. your undergrad is in chemical engineering, right? Right, right. From the University of Kansas. So he knows a thing or two about yeah. chemicals.
1: Got into it watching Breaking Bad, like a lot of uh, chemists did.
0: Did you really? Do you cite that as like your interest in chemical engineering? Or chemistry?
1: I don't know. I, I definitely was watching that show like all throughout high school or whenever it started. Yeah. It got me into it.
0: I wonder like if you could like track that like as an economist. How many like new freshmen in universities are now majoring in uh chemical engineering since the era of uh breaking bad? It's like what did that show like do to the the economy of like engineering jobs?
1: Oh for sure. I mean I'm sure it did. I mean, let's just pull up some web links here.
0: Because that would be, like, a real... Like, if you were Vince Gilligan and you're like, I fucking, like, shifted the economy of jobs around, with, like, with my movie. It'd be, like, a huge ability to swing his dick around and it'd be totally fine.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, think about the kind of jobs that young people want to have when they're young, right? It's usually stuff that's already portrayed in media a lot. Right. I mean, like, obviously you wouldn't know about any esoteric jobs when you're a little kid. So usually you pick stuff like I want to be a firefighter Mm -hmm. or a doctor or lawyer. Just these things that are in the vernacular.
0: Right. Exactly. I always wanted to be uh, the guy who worked at the movie theater or like worked at GameStop. Just for like the benefits. That was... GameStop? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's like the lowest... Mm -hmm. movie theater i can kind of see how that's cool but gamestop is just like no
0: i'm saying this is like the dumb kid version of me that like had values and metrics that were all fucked up where it's just like oh if i worked at gamestop i could get uh like discounts on video games and like to me that was like worth the price of having a job there but you know i was (laughs) was like fucking 11 years old
1: back when games cost 60 dollars
0: right do games not cost 60, $60 anymore? I thought they still did.
1: <laughs> well, I guess they do, but, like, I don't buy those. <laughs> like, I buy stuff on for sale on Steam for
0: $3. Yeah.
1: I actually have a really early memory um, in elementary school where we did a, like, public event, and we would go up to the stage and say what we wanted to be when we grew up. Uh-huh. Like, to a, to a microphone. Really? And I remember... Yeah, I don't remember what this... What could this possibly have been that I'm remembering? Because, like, what a ridiculous premise for...
0: Uh, some kind of, gathering like... Gathering people together. Yeah, some kind of, like, kids, like... A uh, kid's performance of some kind, like, singing or whatever. I remember doing stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Okay, but I remember saying scientist okay. at the time.
0: Scientist, yeah. I want to be a scientist when I grow up.
1: And I remember, like, trying to tell, like, one of my friends to also say scientist. I'm like, do what I do. <laughs> but then it... <laughs> But then he said firefighter or some shit like that.
0: Oh, man. Wow. What a cool, like, origin story for, like, a biopic about your life. It's like when Raul was a small child, even then at a school assembly, when asked what he wanted to do when he grew up, he said, scientist. Little did he know. <laughs>
1: well, like, that's a, that's a kind of, I mean, you're saying it kind of, like, in the voice of, like, a dumb local news bit. About somebody? Sure, yeah. And that's that's what they always do. They always have like some pithy story. Mm-hmm. And they like drum it up. I mean, we're not even talking about the movie anymore.
0: Right, 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 right. Let's get back to the movie. Yeah, dude. Okay, put this,
1: put this in the podcast. We're going to make another mini podcast called like Life Tips with Trevor and Raul. Life Tips. And mine is to go to your life tips and go to your grocery store and get uh, used banana boxes because mm. they're like super durable and they look cool
0: yeah it's a good life tip i got one more life that was a good life tip i got a one more life tip and then we're back to the movie uh All right. this is like the segment of like eric andre where they they just like make up segments like as they're going but there's that <laughs> there's already like a title card graphic for it i don't know let's talk about let's talk about the movies more
1: okay where were we
0: we had talked... And we're back.
1: <laughs> and, and we're back. Okay, so when we left off, we had been talking about uh, sort of the halfway point of the movie where John Goodman had murdered the male character in the show, which was very shocking. Right. Um, Yeah. And so then, what happened after that? I actually kind of forgot.
0: That's when, um, it's like the next day is when John Goodman goes all, like, super crazy. He's all, like, nice and has ice cream and stuff. And then I think that's when she decides that she's, like, making a run for it. And so it's, like, the next day is, like, her escape attempt, you know?
1: Oh, that's right. Now we're actually much farther along than I thought. Yeah. That pretty much precipitates, like, the, the final first part of, like, the action sequence at the end, the climax of the story. Right. Which involves the escape attempt mm-hmm. of trying to get out of there. I want to go back to something you just said, because you keep saying like the next day. uh huh. But the time elapsed between cuts is like very unclear. Yes. There's very little indication given of how much time has passed. Like I'm thinking it could be months and months, but that's just not clear to me.
0: Yeah. In the beginning, like they ask him how long we have to be down here. And I'm sure if we like watch this movie like hard enough, there's probably like a solid answer there. Uh, of how much time exactly elapsed, but upon first viewing, it's really hard to tell. Uh, yeah, but it, the movie might be perfectly clear and we just are too dumb to remember.
1: Mm-hmm. But anyways, let's go through the final scene. She basically continues in her attempts to gather resources, finish building that, that hazmat suit. Yes. And She's all good with that. It looks like she's like getting ready to plan her escape. She has all of these things hidden away in her room bunker. But then John comes in and like notices that you know, like the the air vent cover was slightly loose and the bolts started falling out of it. So he went to go investigate. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you know, fa- basically found out what was going on and immediately goes into like Hulk mode like raging right which is all and so more raging more raging nothing too noteworthy until we get back to the acid room right right and this is why they got that bucket of acid in the first place why because it was fucking awesome when she throws the barrel of acid on the ground and then John Goodman trips oh and falls face first
0: into the acid and becomes uh, John Goodman's version the Joker Harvey of well I guess, if the Jack Nicholson Joker maybe. I'm thinking more Two-Face. And then with half his face and body burnt up, continues
1: the mad raging to get her, um, at which point she crawls up through the vent and finally is able to escape. Right. And so at this point, there's a great scene. She's uh, opening like the hatch to the outside world. It's a clear uh, plastic screen you can see outside. It's like a nice day. There's like clouds out. Mm -hmm. And she opens it up and she goes outside and and she made it, right?
0: Yeah, she makes it outside.
1: They were very careful to show you a shot of birds flying in the sky. Uh Uh-huh. So for the last time, you're like, oh. No apocalypse. If birds are out, maybe this whole thing, maybe it was no apocalypse. They keep doing this over and over again. Right.
0: Do we ever see like what actually happens to John Goodman? I don't remember. Is it are we just supposed to assume oh, that he that he dies? Oh, it catches on fire down there. That's I, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and the smoke is building up and stuff. Yeah. Okay. And so that was the end of the movie. She comes out and everything is good and then the the credits roll, right? Wrong. Wrong.
0: Thought you had <laughs> <Is that> the- <laughs> you thought you had this movie pegged, but guess what?
1: Fucking aliens.
0: Aliens show up in like very like uh like 2010s like early 20 teens um like alien style like very cgi ships um these weird yeah. like
1: well i mentioned this i what i feel like it. did the movie have like a really low budget for vfx or something because maybe it seems like they had no budget to blow on the alien scene
0: but i mean it's just like so many of these like CGI aliens look the same now man it's like these like worm things that have like a circular mouth with like an an obscure like an absurd amount of teeth yeah it doesn't look great and it's also just like it's the same as every other alien like in Hollywood right now so I just wanted something different right
1: right yeah so at this point the alien spaceship comes out and like a octopus alien tentacle thing starts attacking the protagonist hmm and then we have a somewhat short uh, battle sequence of her evading and then eventually counterattacking and destroying an alien ship single-handedly
0: yeah yeah
1: just an unbelievable escalation from the entirety of the movie yeah <laughs> well- which is something I thought was kind of cool
0: yeah. Well, I think I said this the first time that you and I watched this where it really reminded me of um like the end of Evil Dead where it's like it's a horror movie but it's also uh kind of turning into like a like a cool action movie. Um Yeah, yeah.
1: Are you talking about the franchise as a whole or maybe just the first movie?
0: The franchise? But uh, it's like at the end of this movie, it's like she's already like blown up an alien spaceship and then there's this very like call to action, like action movie thing on the radio where it's like if you have any combat experience, like come to Dallas or whatever. And you like, there's <laughs> a really like deliberate like turn like into Dallas, like uh Ghostbusters style. Like I'm gonna go kill. I'm gonna yeah, go kill setting it up aliens. for
1: a sequel that never came. Yeah. I'm still waiting I, for it.
0: I just never understood, like, why she was such a badass, you know? I mean, I guess she's just, like, yeah supposed to be a badass, and we have to accept her as that, which is great. But at the end, I was like, is there supposed to be, like, a reason that she, like, can kill this, like, alien so easily?
1: I think it's supposed to play a little bit comedic, too. Yeah. Just, like, the absolute absurdity of this <laughs> alien scene just like washing over you, uh huh, and the fact that she was able to defend herself at all, yeah, it went from like a movie that was you know somewhat realistic to like an Avengers style fantasy action flick, yeah, which is totally like in the cards for this movie, which has been genre sweep, uh, flipping right the entire time, like every thirty minutes, right,
0: which is what makes it a lot of fun.
1: As a viewer, it makes it a lot of fun. It, it like really subverts the audience's expectations because as an audience member, when you go to watch a movie, um, you at the very least have some expectation of the genre that it's in. Mm-hmm. So you might know that you're going to go watch an action movie or like an indie movie, and that sort of sets your expectations. But th- that was exactly like the thing that was subverted in this movie because you come in and you are just being rattled around from one genre to the next you have no floor underneath you as you're watching it.
0: Mhm. That's what makes it fun.
1: That's so, what makes it cool. So,
0: uh what what kind of score are we going to give this movie on the uh, a o po- meter. A pod co A pod co meter.
1: A pod co meter. This makes no sense anymore. <laughs>
0: What's the score? What what do we give this on the on that that thing I said?
1: I gave it a solid
0: 6. Solid 6, all right. That yeah. is a solid score. Out of 7. I actually kind of like the idea of our scoring system having some sort of like um non-numeric adjective. It's like this is a this is like a wet 7, you know. Or <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is so that is so wrong.
0: <laughs>
1: that is a wet wet seven.
0: <laughs> or you know something else like uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's funny cuz it doesn't make any sense. A strong seven, a tepid seven, you know, would all make sense. A weak seven.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm proposing. It's like uh this is a plastic 9. Uh <laughs> Are you holding a plastic knife? What? No. What? What it? What did you say? I said like this is a like another version of the score would be like this is a plastic 9. Like some sort of physical property. Oh, plastic. <laughs> oh, I like that. This is a this is a a grassy 4.
1: Grassy four out of seven.
0: Yeah, grassy four out of seven. It's
1: like grassy knolls out of Dallas.
0: All right, cool. Let's stick with uh, let's stick with that. What was your you said a solid six? Uh, six out of seven. Yeah, six. I think so. Okay, six out of seven. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give this. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of like something clever now.
1: Okay. Every second that elapses is just weakening the eventual delivery.
0: No. All right. It's just I'm going to give oh, I'm going to give it a 7. Just a 7. Just a regular regular 7. Sorry everybody. <laughs>
1: yeah, overall, I thought it was I think it was a good movie. I mean, the main reason I like it is just for that genre bending quality of it. Yes. Where it really leaves you guessing. Um, ultimately, actually, can I revise my score cuz like ultimately like that game gets kind of old by the end the what game? The the game of like the constant whiplash of going back and forth oh, of yeah. all the different moods that it's trying to set. I'm going to back it down to a 5 a, f- a metallic 5 out of 7.
0: Metallic 5 out of 7. All right, cool. I'm going to give it a a wooden 6 out of 7 just to like let you figure out which of those is more valuable.
1: Did you just raise your numerical score?
0: Yeah, I did. All right, so at a certain point in this movie, it kind of gave me an idea of like what we should watch next.
1: Yeah, I mean, what? let's think about it.
0: So it we're be? not exclusively doing end-of-the-world movies because those sometimes can be bleak. This is kind of an exception to the kind of bleakness of those movies, I feel. But it is a movie about aliens, and I do like movies about aliens because that's like a funny end-of-the-world scenario. I even said that in our transcript. I said that, like, of all, like, the ways the world ends in movies, like, Aliens is the funniest one, <laughs> like, consistently.
1: Oh, that's what you meant.
0: Yeah, just because it's so unbelievable.
1: Just as an aside, I I a lot of the stuff that you messaged yesterday was just so hard for me to decipher the intention and the meaning behind it
0: that's fair i i mean i was uh like (laughs) i was typing a lot of gibberish for sure
1: like there is one where like i looked at it for like a long time (laughs) and i think grace took control of the keyboard yeah (laughs) it was like i don't know what the hell trevor is saying
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well after i wrote that message i like looked over at her because she wasn't keeping up with the messages as quickly as i was so after I sent it, uh-huh. I was even like, does this make sense to you? Like what I just said. <laughs> and she like, <laughs> she like looked at it and she's like, no, no, this doesn't make sense at all.
1: <laughs> That's my favorite kind of gibberish. Like where it's obvious that there is some real <laughs> message there. Yeah. But it's just completely hidden behind <laughs> the way you said it.
0: All right. So <laughs> the next movie uh, sounds like it could be signs for me. Oh, M. Night Shyamalan signs.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great movie.
0: Cool. How is it not on the that lineup that you just pulled up there? Best Alien movies.
1: This Google. Best Alien movies on Google. I mean, there's like a lot of old contenders that usually get these spots like, yeah, the classics. But I can't believe that there's an Alien and an Aliens.
0: Aliens is the second movie that was directed by James Cameron and it that is, like, a complete, like, jump ship of, like, the genre and the tone of the original movie. Like, it goes full-on, like, blockbuster 80s action movie in that one. Oh, really? hmm Which I've always found weird. And I also don't really care for the second movie for that reason. Oh, Grace saw The Thing for the first time recently.
1: Oh, really? I've never seen it.
0: Really? Wow, dude. You need to watch that, yeah. like, yesterday.
1: It's an old one.
0: Holy cow, you need to watch that movie it's gonna
1: 82 wow
0: there's a lot of like body horror stuff in that one so you actually might not like it
1: oh really like cheesy 80s gore yeah
0: I'm all about that. over-the-top 80s gore all practical effects yes so signs is a a good option let's see have you ever seen the master
1: Philip Seymour Hoffman no
0: yeah that's something I've been wanting to watch a lot recently It's about, like, Scientology in an indirect way. Like, I don't think they ever exclusively use the name Scientology, but it's, like, a pretty clear reference to that. So, it's, like, a fictional story. Really? A fictional version of, like, L. Ron Hubbard. And, like, I've got this weird, like, guilty pleasure of learning about cults. Like, I'm totally part of that corner of pop culture that's, like, really into, like, cults and stuff and, like, really eats up those documentaries.
1: Oh, yeah, I love that content. Yeah. This is, like, a paul thomas anderson movie isn't it yeah
0: oh i didn't even this is
1: like one of his movies that i haven't seen what else have you seen from this guy
0: paul thomas anderson i've seen there will be blood seen inherent vice and Mm. that's it
1: i've seen punch drunk love there will be blood inherent vice phantom thread and it's a movie that's about like this british person in britain Uh uh-huh very very british
0: very british movie sat down Daniel daniel day lewis on there yeah
1: yeah it turns out daniel day lewis is british
0: would have never known <laughs> that's how good of an actor who knew is. who knew yeah yeah <laughs> i always figured that he just talked like an old-timey like 1800s businessman
1: Yeah, that's that's what my my mental image of him was always the there will be blood guy
0: i will drink your milkshake this is how people talked back then
1: Oh my God. Just like Stacy and I watched that recently. We've just been like doing his accent from that movie (laughs) as an inside joke. (laughs) Like the scene where he's getting uh, baptized or whatever by the priest. Uh He's like, Yes, I do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned my boy. Damn, what a great movie. Yeah,
1: so I read he basically just came up with that accent or way of talking by himself.
0: Probably. I mean, I'm sure that, like, there's some sort of historical accuracy to what he's doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, it doesn't come, like, from nowhere at all, but, like, he ultimately is the one who created, like, that interpretation of an old person, old-timey person talking.
0: Well, What's funny is that, like, no one in that movie, like, matches that tonality with their voice, and so even though he... Nobody else talks that way. Even if, like you can make the argument that what Daniel Day-Lewis is like historically correct in the context of the movie, no one else is doing it. And so it seems really out of place.
1: <laughs> I know. Do that scene where he like threatens that other businessman um, to cut his throat. Do you remember that scene? Vaguely. He's like, I will sneak into your house in the middle of the night. And I will slit your throat. Uh-huh. And the guy is like, I am sorry if I have upset you. Like, right. Absolutely <laughs> clear. Normal middle-of-the-road American accent. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I recently watched The Count of Monte Cristo. You ever seen that movie? As Guy Pierce? No, no. And some other dude. <laughs> um, it's like an early 2000s Count of Monte Cristo blockbuster movie. But it's like an older story than that. Maybe it was based off of a book or something. I'm not really sure. but
1: That's what it was. I think that's what I know it from. The old book.
0: But the book is French and all the characters are French. And in the movie... It's like Guy Pearce and some other like British people and they're all like speaking with like British accents. But they all have like fucking French names and they'll like say certain words like with like a French accent. And the whole time I was watching this as an adult, I'm like, why is this movie not just in French? Like it doesn't make any sense (laughs) as to why this is in English.
1: That's hilarious. Gorlami. (laughs) I, I am down for the master be the next one. Cool. And that'll be good because it's it's a movie we haven't seen yet.
0: True. Yeah, yeah. So our reactions will be honest and, and not based off of pre-existing opinions. Yeah, that's it. That's the first episode. Thanks for, uh, thanks for checking us out. Um, give us a rating on however it is that you're listening to us because I'm not even sure, like, what my options are right now. So whatever platform this happens to be yeah. on, be sure to, like, give us the... That equivalent of karma
1: which is a reddit reference or or a buddhist one i don't know i don't know what you're up to true make sure to visit my patreon page at a podcalypse <laughs> at raul.com Just
0: giving money to another podcast and
1: <laughs> those sons of bitches and like and subscribe like us on facebook what else is there there's a whole spiel they all do it
0: like us on facebook twitter and instagram uh if you like this video give it a thumbs up if you don't like this video give it a thumbs down <laughs> by the way i'm doing a. Give- that's perfect i'm doing a giveaway uh this month uh, and if, in order to <laughs> enter you just have to like let me know what your favorite uh type of beer can is in the comments
1: and just thank the fans profusely and like and right. thank you so much for watching i could i do this for you i couldn't do this without you
0: right right I once saw. When
1: in reality, we don't we don't give a shit. I
0: love that like YouTube personalities is like an archetype in our society now that we can recognize oh, and yeah. make fun of. <laughs> I saw a meme a while back that was just a picture of someone going to a, a Halloween costume party. That was redundant. What I just said. A costume party as a YouTube apology video. That was their costume.
1: What? (laughs) (laughs) It was a.
0: Their costume was. A YouTube video? Yeah, yeah, okay. So. (laughs) The physical costume was like a frame, right? Like what a web page with a YouTube video looks like. And it just said, like, YouTube apology video as, like, the title. And they, like, Uh, hung the frame. They,
1: like, made this cardboard cutout. Right, right. That's funny.
0: Thanks for listening this week. Our music is by W. Look him up at underscore W on Instagram. That's underscore the word double and two U's.
1: Editing this week was done by Trevor Mowry. Wherever you're listening, give us a good rating. Tweet us at at FilmholePod on Twitter. Thanks again. See you next week.